Welcome to the Chad Cargill ACT Test Prep Podcast, coming to you from the Ollie Ray Ranch in Choctaw, Oklahoma. It's great to be with you for episode 26, three math strategies to quickly increase your score. My goal is to give practical tips to help you increase ACT scores, qualify for college, and win those much-needed scholarships. We'll talk colleges, careers, and most of all, test-taking strategies and tips. Do you ever get stuck on an ACT math question? and just waste tons of time? Or possibly you don't know how to do a question and you could try to back solve it, but doing so, it takes you a lot of time. Or maybe, do you ever freak out at the end of a test? End of the math section, the problems are getting really difficult and you're almost out of time and you just freak out. Well, if any of those scenarios fit you, this episode's for you. Today in this episode, I'm gonna teach you how to handle those three situations. And if you can apply some of the techniques I'm gonna teach today, you can quickly see an increase in your math score. And I really hope that you'll be able to apply some of these in a very easy way. Now, last week I told you that this week's episode was gonna be over building community and support systems and I was going to introduce the mastermind groups. I've actually put that off one more week. I'm still in a little bit of development on the mastermind website and getting some of the information together on that. Um, I thought I was going to have that ready, but I'm, I'm going to push that out one more week. And so I'm going to introduce those next week to you in this, next week's episode. So I'm excited for that. But this week, I'm going to go ahead and give one on some math tips and I'll tell you how I came to this when I get to the third tip I'm going to give. Um, it'll tell you kind of why I decided to go ahead and do this one this week. But these are really easy strategies. And if you'll apply these, you can definitely see an increase in scores. And these are really simple to do. So let's talk about uh, some of these and ways that you can implement them. Now, first of all, it's the idea that you get stuck on a math question and waste a lot of time. My wife and I dated through high school and college and, and then married. And one thing that we enjoyed when we were in college, putting together puzzles. I love to get thousand piece puzzles and put those together. And I still enjoy it today. And we do some of that with our eight kids now. And when we do puzzles, you know, if you've ever done this, I know I'm going to speak a scenario that you've experienced because every time we put together puzzles, there are times where we're saying, hey, this piece is missing. Okay, what has happened? What, you know, look under the table, you know, where there, this piece is not here. And I think all of us have been to that, you know, where if you've ever done puzzles where, you're, you're convinced that, you know, there is not a piece that will work and you just completely get stuck. What I've found, and as many of you have found as well, if you just close it up, you walk away, then you come back to it, all of a sudden pieces start to appear. It's like, oh yeah, this one goes here and oh, this one works and oh, I'm going to work on this area and yeah, well, there you go. I, there's a piece. As difficult as it was at the moment when you were buried in it, you find that if you walk away and you come back, all of a sudden things appear much more clearly. And the ACT math questions are much the same. There will be times that you'll try to do a math question. You just simply will not know how to do it. When I was in high school, the way I handled this, and I still do today when I take ACTs today, if I come to a math question and I get stuck on it, I just cannot figure out how to do it. 
I just circle it in the book. Now, obviously, if it's a residual ACT, you can't write in the booklet, but I would just on my scrap paper, I'd write down what number it was. If it's a national ACT, I would circle that problem in my book. You make sure you skip that row on your bubble sheet, which is not that difficult to do since the letters alternate. So we have A, B, C, D, E, then it's F, G, H, J, K, I believe. So, uh, you know, it's, it's not that difficult to make sure you skip that row. But I circle that number and I just continue working. Then I'm going to come back at the end and I'm going to make sure I fill in the right bubbles or I go back and try to work those that I have skipped. Now, as good as this sounds, it's effective if you know how much time you have left. And that, that's going to be a critical point. You have to know your time because if you're going to try to come back at the end and do those that you circled or you skipped, you'd have to know your time. Now, you do not want to listen to that five-minute call. That, that's a dangerous thing. If you listen to the five-minute call, what will happen is she'll yell five minutes, and then you'll immediately say, okay, I'm out of time, and you'll just go back, and you'll start trying to work those or whatever. You don't want to do that. You want to have a pretty good idea of how much time you have left so you know when you want to go back and do those. Episode 10 is the one I did on the right way to keep time on the ACT. I talk about all of this in detail about how to set your clock, to ignore the five-minute call, and you'll definitely want to make sure that you listen to that episode. If you have not already, it's episode 10. Listen to that and make sure you know how you're going to keep time on the math section. So if you circle them and you walk away from those problems, meaning you just move on to the next problem, then at the end, you come back to them. Many times, it will become much more clear how to solve those, much like doing the puzzle. So I think it's just a good strategy to go with. If I ever get stuck on an ACT math question, instead of wasting tons of time on it, I like to circle it, come back to it. And the other thing to know is no question on here is designed to take you, you know, six, seven minutes to do. These should be pretty straightforward problems. And so if you're trying to work it and you feel like you're just getting into a loop, you're probably approaching it the wrong way. You want to stop and you can come back to it. All right. So that is the first math strategy that you can use just immediately to help raise your scores. Don't get bogged down on one question that's really difficult and waste a lot of time on it. Be willing to circle that and come back to it later. The second one is back solving. So sometimes you'll look at a question and you may not know exactly how to do it. But one of the huge advantages to ACTs is that we have five choices. So I could look at my choices and back solve or plug them in. Now, some of you may say, wait, why are you saying five choices? We only have four choices per question. In English, reading and science, that's true. There are four choices per question. But in math on the ACT, there are five choices per question. Sometimes it will be to your advantage if you don't know how to do the problem. Even if you do know how to do the problem, it still may be to your advantage to back solve, meaning take the choices and plug them into the question. Now, for the sake of this podcast episode, I'm going to give a very basic example. And hopefully um, through this basic example, you'll understand my logic and be able to apply this. Let's say the question said, x squared equals 16, what is the value of x? And here's the choices. 
one, two, three, four, or five. All right. Now I know some of you are already, you're like, well, it could be a negative, you know, number because it's squared and let's, let's don't get caught up in the, in the details here. Let's just say that which of the following, how about that? We'll just say which of the following is a possible solution for X squared equals 16. And the choices are one, two, three, four, five. In that order, A is 1, B is 2, C is 3, D is 4, E is 5. Mathematically, we know to take the square root of both sides. If you take the square root of both sides, you get X equals 4. Let's say we don't know to do that, and we want to try to back solve. Now, most of us would plug in choice A, and we would say 1 squared is 1. Well, that's not 16. Then we would try choice B. 2 squared is 4, not 16. Then choice C, 3 squared is 9. And then choice D, 4 squared is 16. We'd be like, okay, that's it. The answer is D. I want you to take a different approach. Anytime you back solve, let's do two things. Number one, if the choices are in sequential order, and that has some meaning to the problem, as it does here, I would start with C. Start with the one in the middle. Now let's go through what happens if we do that. Choice C is 3, so 3 squared is 9. 9 is not 16. It's less than 16, so I know I need bigger. Well, there's only two choices that are bigger because I start in the middle. So what I've already done is splitting the difference in half. Now I know I'm either going to go to the two smaller or the two bigger, and at most I'm going to have to try three of the five choices. So 3 squared is 9, not big enough, I'll go to 4. Choice D, 4 squared is 16, there's my answer. If the numbers are not in sequential order, and maybe it doesn't really make sense to try to put them in that because that doesn't really have a meaning to the problem, then I would rather you start with choice E and work back to A. I have found that sometimes it's to your advantage to actually start at the bottom. Now, I, I don't have necessarily statistics on this that I've, that I've tracked or kept, but I have found, more so than not, if I start with E and work back to A, I get to the answer faster when I back solve. My belief on this is that the questions that are easily back solved, the answers are typically toward the bottom to penalize the time of basically beating the system here by not knowing how to do the math problem, but by back solving. So I find that usually I can get the answer faster by starting with E and working back to A. So as a general rule, anytime I back solve and the orders, the answers are not in sequential order or that doesn't have some meaning to the problem, I always start with E and work back to A and I find I get the answer faster. Now the third one. Let's talk about how the problems get more difficult as you go and you're running out of time. So this is what spurred the idea for this episode. I was looking at all the different platforms that this uh, podcast is published on. And one of those is CastBox. And then I noticed on CastBox, one of the um, reviews that was listed was by a friend of mine, Michael Gay. And so I'm going to tell you a story that is a little bit nerdy, but you know what? I, when people tell me how nerdy I am, I always just go, yes, I'm nerdy and I like it. So embrace the nerd and let's go, all right? 
Well, Michael and I, we were in high school. We, we graduated high school together from Hera High School back in 92. And we took AP Calculus our senior year. Now, when, when we were in, in AP Calc one day, I remember we, you know, just again, kind of being nerdy, but we were talking about our ACT scores. And Michael was brilliant in math. I mean, Mike is, man, he's so smart, great guy, just really sharp in math. But his ACT math score was quite a bit lower than mine. And we didn't really know why. And, you know, I remember we're, we're talking about it and about why he was kind of struggling. And, you know, I'm, I'm like, well, this is ridiculous because you're smarter than I am in math and you should be able to be the one making 35, 36 in math. I had a 34 in math. And, and you know, I'm like, you should be scoring higher than me and I don't know what's going on. And and I'm like, why do you, why, why do you think you're struggling with it? So, and I remember that day he told me, he said, he said, look, he said, I'm so worried about the time. And he said, you know, the problems are getting harder at the end. So in general, you could say question one is the easiest, 60 is the hardest. So as you're taking the math section, the problems get harder as you go. And I remember he just told me, he said, you know, that I, I get toward the end of that test and I'm so stressed about the time and then I'm doing those hardest problems. And he's like, I'm just kind of collapsing. And I'm like, oh yeah, that's, yeah, that's, that's, you know, yeah, that's a, that's a problem. I'm like, well, what, what could you do? And I remember he just kind of looked and he goes, I got it. I'm going to take it backwards. And I'm like, what? And he goes, I'm going to start with number 60 and I'm going to work back to question number one. And I'm like, brilliant. Yes. Try it. And his philosophy was that if he worked it backwards, he would be doing the more difficult questions early when he wasn't as worried about the time and he was fresher. And then at the end, when he was so worried about the time and maybe not as fresh, he would be doing the easy ones, which he could get right anyway. So he tried it. Yeah, he made a 35 in math on the next ACT test. Brilliant. It worked. Now, what is also a little side note here that I think is pretty interesting is that he did it again at another test and the test administrator saw him flipping to the back of the math section when they started the math test. And so she came over to him and she thought he was working ahead. Well, when she looked over his shoulder, she saw he was doing math, but he was starting on number 60. And she told him, hey, you can't do that. You got to start at number one. He's like, no, I'm not cheating. I'm working on the math section. I'm just starting with number 60. And she said, no, you can't do that. And he said, listen, I'm following the rules. I'm doing number 60. And she told him she's going to kick him out. So he started with number one on that one. Uh, she was wrong in that scenario. As long as you're working the math test, you can work any way you want. You can do the odds and the evens. You could do the third 10 and then the sixth 10 and then the first 10. You can do it any way you want. So she was wrong in doing that. So over the years of teaching this, I have advised students who struggle with time, who struggle with the anxiety about doing the hard questions at the end to try this. I will say that for a few students, so I shouldn't even say a few, I should say some, for some students, this has been a great strategy and it has helped them. But what I've found is that I would say more than half of students, this is a terrible strategy because here's what happens. Students start working it backwards. They're still missing those last, you know, the most difficult questions because 
they're really difficult and they're hard to do. So it doesn't matter if you're worried about the time or not, they're still missing them. And then now they get to the end of the test, which is the easy questions that they usually always get. But guess what? They're so freaked out about the time that now they're missing the easy ones that they used to get right. So I think it's a valid strategy to try. And I just maybe would try it on a practice test timed at home rather than on a real test. Now, if you're going to take enough ACTs, which I hope you do, I hope you take a million of them. If you're going to take enough ACTs, then maybe it's not as big a deal for you. Maybe you could try this on a real ACT. But I do think it's a little bit of a risk, but for some, it really does help. Now, when I'm on this topic about, I hope you take a million ACTs, uh, if you haven't already figured this out, uh, ACT is a mess right now. If you get on their Twitter, I mentioned this in a previous episode, this week, I actually read a tweet by ACT where it was, be a good neighbor to your friends, and if you're a junior, wait and don't register for this test or take it later in the year or whatever because their system is so messed up, people can't even get registered for the test. If you just click on one of those tweets, start reading the comments under it, oh my God, it is a festival. And I'm reading students are on hold for four hours and still can't get registered for the test. So if you, uh, man, if you're going to take the ACT, you better try to get registered now if you can. I mean, my brother took, my nephew, it's uh, Jackson who I had on as a guest, uh, his little brother, uh, Henry, I say little brother, he's a big old kid, took Henry, he had to drive him two hours from Oklahoma City to get to him at, to a test center on, on the July test. If you're going to try to register for the ACT, good luck, man. And then they had, uh, ACT had a new registration thing they were going to try. They did a soft launch of it. It was, they pulled that. Anyway, it's a mess right now. I'm hoping you can get registered for every ACT. I'm hoping these test centers reopen. It's time. Uh, let's get these kids back in school. Let them get registered. Let them take the ACTs. All these test centers need to reopen. Hopefully students can start taking the test. So if you're going to try to get your tests in, let's get registered as fast as you can for all these. And hopefully things will get back to normal and we can, we can get these tests. But I guess the point of that is you may not have every test opportunity that you're hoping to try these. And if that's the case, then definitely do as many of these strategy practices on practice tests and not actual tests. That way you can make sure that it works for you before you walk into an ACT and try it. So those are three very easy strategies, techniques that you could use to get a quick bump in your math score. So just if you get stuck on a question, again, circle it, move on. You can come back to it. Um, you know, don't, don't get so caught up on that. If you're going to try to back solve uh, a lot of you, you know, you, you may not even think to back solve. Well, let's start doing that. Try to take the choices, plug them in anytime you can. If the numbers are in sequential order and that has a meaning, start with the middle choice, work up or down from there. That way the most you try is three out of the five. And then the last part of that uh, back solving would be if they are not in sequential order and that does not have meaning, start with E, work back to A. And then the last tip that I gave, if you're freaking out at the end, the time is just killing you. Those are the hardest questions. Maybe you could consider working it backwards and see if that helps. Next week, I'm going to be back and I will introduce the mastermind groups and ways that you can work directly with me. 
And I know some of you are asking for that, especially in this weird time with all the virtual learning and uh, a lot of your homeschooling for the first time. And I know that's going to present a whole new set of challenges. If you are interested in those mastermind groups, it's going to be a way that you can uh, form a group of people of other parents and students with like concerns and needs, and then also work with me directly each month to where I can kind of help you through the process. So I'll be addressing that next week. Now, I've still got a few resources out there for you. If you haven't already gotten them, you'll definitely want to do that. Um, Scholarships.chadcargo.com is a great resource to help you put together some of those scholarship applications, some of the key things that committees are looking for. That's also going to be part of our mastermind groups. Um, as part of the deal, I'm going to be going through working with each of the masterminds, looking at some of the projects you're doing, but anyone can get access to that resource and you'll be able to see a lot of the things that I taught when I did that series. I believe that was episodes like 13 through 16, but you'll be able to see a lot of that in that document. I'll give you some ideas for projects. So scholarships.chadcargo.com, download that resource. It's free. You'll type that in the URL and then it'll just say, tell me where to send it. You put your email there and I'll send it right to you. It'll come to your inbox and you'll have that. So get that resource and, and that way um, you'll have that. I also have that other resource that I've mentioned on past episodes, testday.chadcargo.com. It's a list of things you must know the day you go to the test. Get that, testday.chadcargo.com. Same thing. I just put your email there and you'll get the PDF of that. We are getting closer to workshop season, just a few weeks away from the first class and all of my workshops are listed on calendar.chadcargo.com. Now this is something you don't just want to go to one time, especially this year, because we have had many, many schools call and say, look, we're not on the schedule yet because we don't know if we're going to be in school that first nine weeks. We don't know if our school is going to allow us to host in-person workshops. So we are going to be updating that calendar as the classes are scheduled. So you'll definitely want to be checking that calendar.chadcargo.com and that's going to be fluid. There may be a week that you saw a class on there near your hometown and you plan on attending and then all of a sudden they start having COVID cases and the school decides to do a, a lockdown and well, then that class may come off the schedule. So that's something you're going to want to definitely be watching and I'll be posting all those classes on there. My assistant Penny will be doing that, I should say. And that way, you'll make sure you know where I'm going to be. My prep book is available. We are shipping those. We get orders all over the country. So you can get that on chadcargo.com. And we will ship those right to you. It's a large book now. It's 540 pages. Um, but, uh, you know, it's that cliche, how to eat that elephant. It's one bite at a time, man. Don't try to do it all. So hopefully, you'll be able to get that resource and work through that while you wait for me to come to your school and do a workshop. Well, once again, I appreciate everyone listening. You guys have been very gracious in your comments and your feedback. I'll be posting this on the Chad Cargo Workshops Facebook page. Feel free to make comments there, questions, or even suggestions for future episodes. And as always, I'll read those, comment on those, and definitely appreciate hearing from you. Well, I hope everyone has a great week. I'll be back with you next week. I'll introduce those mastermind groups. So until then, work hard, and hopefully we'll all be back in school soon. I'll talk to you again soon.